Great to see you. I'm continuing our series about different people telling their story. And I want to tell you my story that's an ongoing story, that's a story that's happening even right now of how I'm learning how to surrender to God and how I'm learning to enter into his rest and learning how to enjoy his peace. So I'm going to start my story in a moment where I was cycling in 2020, lockdown, and I don't even know why I was particularly listening to this particular podcast, but it was a podcast where Russell Brand, the comedian, the entertainer, the political thinker, was just sharing his own story about what had happened to him, I believe at that time, 17 years before. And he was describing how he had been uh, a guy who was uh, struggling with alcohol addiction and drug addiction and had no beliefs in God whatsoever. And I was listening as he said his friend, who was an atheist, invited him along to an AA meeting. And they went to this meeting and it was step one where the person admits that they were powerless and their life had become unmanageable. And I was listening to this guy who said he had no beliefs, invited by a guy who had no beliefs. And he said something happened to him in this evening that he was immediately and absolutely set free from drugs and alcohol. How does that happen? How did that happen? Because I was intrigued because although I wasn't a person who was dealing particularly at all with addiction in terms of drugs and alcohol, I had been exploring freedom for a long, long time. I'd been exploring freedom and how does freedom happen for at least three decades that I could remember. Because in that little book I wrote, God Doesn't Do Magic, where I described I'd struggled really from the age 11 with crippling anxiety and crippling OCD. OCD is obsessive compulsion disorder. It it manifested in my life as uh, checking, double checking um, doors and double checking locks and double checking the fridge and double checking the gas and multiple checking routines. It grew into later on obsessive compulsion to check every conversation had I said anything wrong and God had taken me on a journey where I'd encountered huge amounts of personal freedom from this crippling anxiety I'd come into more peace than I ever thought was ever available I'd experienced sometimes ruminating analyzing worrying about one conversation when I was 20 21 I'd thought about that one conversation and analyzed it from every angle for three weeks I couldn't enjoy moments. I had foreboding fear, especially when I wanted to enjoy something and relax and be at peace. I'd be at my worst. I remember that Christmas in 2020, uh, actually it was 1990, just obsessing about this one thought, had I said something wrong. And God had taken me on a journey that you can read about in this little book, where that stronghold was being pulled down bit by bit by bit. Just to say, I come to understand that a stronghold is that my life, the walls of my life of the city, the walls had come down when I came to Jesus. 
But I had this tower in the middle of my life where I ran to to feel safe. Um, that was OCD. Checking gave me false peace. Checking gave me temporary peace. I had this tower. And God had taught me how to pull down a tower brick by brick and how he wanted to build another tower. I guess I'd also been gripped not just about my own mental health, but I'd been longing as well with a question, how do I connect people to Jesus? And this moment that Russell Brand talked about God broke in into his addiction as an atheist, invited by an atheist, I thought, wow, there's only one person in the universe who does something like that, and it's Jesus. There's no one else who's doing that kind of breakthrough, that kind of freedom. And so I had... So on my journey, I'd learned the power of trust. I had learned the power of process. I'd learned the power of steady steps. I'd learned the power of spiritual disciplines. But, but I was so curious as I cycled and listened to this testimony because I didn't read anything in Russell Brand's story about discipline, steady steps, or any of those things. And I knew that steady steps and spiritual disciplines are important. It's not that I was suddenly thinking a walk with God isn't important, but I was, I was perplexed to understand how freedom could happen in an instant, in a moment, in just an encounter. How could that happen? Because I understood about the stronghold being pulled down brick by brick, and I value that, and I still do, but I was so curious. And as I meditated on his story, I thought, this illustrates the grace of Jesus. This illustrates the power of Jesus. I thought, this is someone who's not seeking God, but God was seeking them. And I began to reflect on my own life. And I thought, I've come a long way. Amen. I've got a lot of freedom I never thought was possible. I, I'm, I'm enjoying more serenity and peace than I ever thought was available. But when I looked at my life, I began to see, hey, I'm working really hard still. I'm really, really disciplined. I'm very resilient. I'm, I'm working hard. I'm persevering. I've got perseverance and resilience in bucket loads. But when I was honest with God, I was saying, God, there's still a part of me that's still trying to solve my own pain Amen. myself. Amen. I began to reflect and thought, God, I understand that choices of what we think about are important. I understand that it's important to have diligence and it's important to think about good things. And I understand that. But God, that it feels like when I'm frightened, it feels like when I'm in pain, it feels like when I'm overwhelmed, it feels like when I'm foreboding, I run to me. I run to my practices. I'm running to my habits that are good and they're giving me peace. But I'm, I'm curious about what happened to that man because something happened to him I can't explain. Plus, God, I had three big prophetic words. 2011, God said, I'm going to be doing most of the pulling. 2015, your identity is a river man. You're going to find your best weapons in the river of God in peace and joy. 2000 and 2015, 
Holy Spirit's going to come like a wave and he's going to carry you. I had these promises, these prophetic words that I knew I hadn't entered into. I'd come a long way, but God was beckoning me somewhere, Amen. taking me somewhere, wetting my appetite about what it could be like. And I guess that was why I was curious. I was curious because someone's describing something in a way that I kind of long to experience. I thought there's something in his story, and I don't really know what it is, but there's something here for me. About three months after listening to that podcast, I received an email from Christchurch London, and they described a course that they were running called, called Steps. And I thought, ah, oh, Steps. That sounds like what <laughs> Russell Brand is talking about. That sounds like the course that he had gone on. Now I'm really curious. And so I signed up. And if I'm honest, I don't think I signed up because I felt any real desperation. I was ticking along. I, 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 had, the, the, I had these really helpful ways to connect to God. And I don't think I really felt that desperate. I actually said to Rochelle, what shall I work on? Because you go on there and you think there's something you want to overcome. So I went on it, just curious, I think, intrigued, not really sure what I was going on for. But I also had another question that was also itching in the back of my mind. Jamie, you, you've got a lot of freedom in your life and God has met you through the things that you do and that's beautiful and wonderful. But what about people, what about people who can't read? What about people who are not like you like a dog with a bone sometimes. What about people who get stuck and have no idea where to begin? And so I, I, I couldn't get away from the fact that in the Bible there were moments when people met Jesus. Like, I, I couldn't understand, like, the, do you remember when Jesus goes across and there's a demoniac and it, it says he was in his, he was in his right mind that Zacchaeus had a really bad attitude to money and then he had a good attitude to money and the only thing I could see was he'd been with Jesus and he has a meal with Jesus and he comes out with this different attitude because he'd been with Jesus and the woman at the well who was covered in shame and didn't want to see the community has a moment with Jesus and then she's totally different and so I was gripped by that and so I started on this course in 2020 and I did the course like I do everything I was focused, I was determined, I was diligent, I was committed, I was faithful, I did the work, I did the exercises, and I was growing and becoming helpfully aware, and I didn't mind being authentic and vulnerable. Then I heard someone say this testimony of their own experience, and God said to them, you don't have to be good anymore. It wasn't about my effort, they went on to say. I thought, oh God, that sums me up to a T. I'm diligent, I'm determined, I'm always trying to be good. I'm always trying to get it right. I was impacted because if I was honest, there was this nagging part of me that was very self-reliant and determined. And so 
And this is the good part of my personality. So while doing the course, I thought I would read the original 1939 book on which the course was written, because I like going deep onto things. And so I read the AA big book, written in 1939. And I found story after story after story that was basically Russell Brand's story, men and women 80 years ago, who were just getting their lives transformed when they just heard a simple invitation from a friend who got set free. And the friend would just say to them, what if behind the universe, behind creation, what if you imagine just for one moment that there's a good, kind, compassionate, loving, and faithful God? What if you took that tiny mustard seed of faith that for a moment you believed there's a good God and you took that tiny mustard seed and you just came to him as you were? What if you just came to him and admitted that you were powerless over this thing and didn't know what to do and you couldn't get free? What if you just came to him and recognised that your life was unmanageable? What if you just simply came with the tiny faith that you had and simply asked for his help? Yeah. And it was story after story after story of men and women who took fractional, minuscule faith and just came in their state and they said it was like another dimension opened up. They described it in the book as the fourth dimension. It was like a spiritual realm opened up to person after person after person. And I began to think, Jesus, you're that close. You're that close. You're that close. One of my favourite stories, because it involves my favourite band, but it illustrates the same thing. And this story had gripped me six, seven, eight years, even before cycling along the river. John Taylor from Duran Duran, the bass player, had got back into the band in 2001. And the same issues that had caused him to step away from music began to resurface. He'd been in music and he was surviving through, through cocaine and he'd, he'd got away from that. But now he was into music again and the pressure and the stress was just causing him to be overwhelmed with panic attacks. And so in Japan, he was laying there one night, overwhelmed with excruciating anxiety. And he just remembered that his mum used to take him to Catholic church every Sunday until he was 11 years old. And he just said, the God I met in the Catholic church, will you come and meet me? And, and he was met in his hotel room and he slept like a baby, that Jesus had come to him just like that, just like in the big book, just like with Russell Brown, just like with all these men and women, just like in the Bible, just like Zacchaeus, just like the demoniac. He was there and I was gripped by a revelation of how close he is. I don't know if John Taylor went on to follow Jesus. I just know that Jesus is that good, that kind, that benevolent, that powerful, that aware that he was willing to meet him whether he said yes or not. And as I did this course, I began to be aware there's more. There's mystery of God that's beyond my understanding and comprehension. There's a God at work who I can't analyse, who's beyond my comprehension. That God is close and close and I don't need nagging self-reliance and control and 
to be the one who's in control of the process. God got my attention. And this was slow getting my attention. And then, you might say, Jamie, this illustrates just how <laughs> determined you are. The fourth time I'm on the same course, because I've worked hard. I'm trying hard to do the right stuff. But I know there's a seed in this that's nagging at me that God is somewhere in this in a way that I don't understand. And the fourth time I began to experience a shift, suddenly it wasn't about my discipline. It wasn't about what I understood. It wasn't about what I analysed. It wasn't about my work. I'm beginning to sense the God of the universe is in me, moving, changing, active, that you couldn't analyse it and say, this is how. And I couldn't just say, put it into words and say, this is how. I could just say, he's moving. He's active. He's doing something. It wasn't about me. He was working and I didn't know how. And then one day he tenderly spoke to me. And at step seven is where you ask him, God, to say, what's behind? What's behind this destructive behaviour? Which I would say self-determination and self-reliance aren't good behaviours. And he said to me, the reason behind your unhealthy over-responsibility is pride. Pride? I don't know if I would say I'm proud. I don't elevate myself above other people. I, I don't try and look down. He said, no, it's pride. You feel safe when you are in control. You feel safe when you feel like you can fix things. Never would have thought it. And he was right. In order to feel safe, I often see myself as fully responsible. When I feel pain, uncertainty and insecurity, somehow I was running to spiritual practices which were brilliant and true and good, but was I really running to him? Was I feeling more safe because I was being diligent and determined and disciplined? Was that the same as running to the God of the universe who's mysteriously present, like he was for Russell Brand, like he was for John Taylor in that, ho that hotel room, like he was for all those men and women who'd come to the end of themselves, who'd come to that place of recognition, actually, it's not about me, it's about the one who is gracious and powerful that actually my analysis, whilst beautiful and good, and a gift from God, the flip side of it could be a mistrust of God. And then he said to me, little children aren't expected to understand and know what to do all the time. And I realized that I was on this journey that God wasn't inviting me into fresh determination he wasn't into condemning me either. That he had brought me to a place where I realised that I want to know what they know, these guys. I want to taste this dimension that I'm reading about. I want to know God in a deeper way, a surrendered way, a, 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 a more a dynamic way than I'd ever known before. That in this moment of recognition that God was inviting me to a spiritual meeting. That Jesus hadn't 
highlighted pride because he said, right, for the next 20 years we're working on pride. He had highlighted it because he was inviting me to come to him. He wasn't inviting me to come to him so that he could fix pride. He was inviting me to come to him because he just wanted me to come to him. That he wasn't particularly that bothered about the issue. He was really bothered about relationship. And he really was bothered about me being with him. And he would do a supernatural work as I came to him. And as I went on, I realised that, that, that spirituality, the, that whatever we want to call it, whether it's I need a saviour, mm. or whether we want to call it I'm powerless and this is unmanageable, mm. that the doorway into encounter, into this dimension of his power, was the recognition that I was not called by him to fix myself. And he didn't need me to have some amazing dynamic moment where I, I, I now said, it, that's it, I'm done with it. You know those moments where, we, where, where I can determine, say, no, that's it. All he needed me was to come through the door, to step into the door to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't even know if I'm going to let go of pride. I don't even know if I can let go of these things. But it, that's not the agenda here. The agenda is I'm coming to you just as I am. I'm not quite sure if I'm willing, but I tell you what, I'm ready and willing to be made willing. I'm coming through the first door. I'm recognising that I need you. I'm recognising there's more for me. I'm recognising that I don't have the serenity that you promised. That serenity requires that acceptance. There are things in the world that I can't change, including myself. I want to step through the first door. I want to come into this lounge, as it were, this hallway, and recognise that you're the one who's willing and ready to help me with spiritual resources and power. That I've come to the conclusion, me going around the circle and doing the same step again is insanity. But there's help from you. And it's supernatural help. Help that I don't fully understand how it works. I just know that you're good and kind and benevolent and I want your help. And then seeing that you are good and seeing that you are marvellous and seeing that you are beautiful. I want to surrender to you. I want to surrender to you. And I began to meditate on things like when Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. And someone sold everything to get it. I began to think about treasure that was found in a field and the person sold everything to get it. And I thought, there's, there's this invitation to a realm that's Thanks. vast and wide and unlimited and it's you. And, and I come through in surrendering control and I come through surrendering the need to understand and I come through surrendering the need to analyse and I come through surrendering the need to be determined and I come Hallelujah. through surrendering the need to think that I've got to fix myself and I come through expressing actually Jesus I really am powerless and this, this pride is really unmanageable because it's robbed me and stolen from me. It's stolen beautiful moments. It's stolen my peace and my serenity. It, this serenity is the pearl of great price. So I want to lay down control and understanding and analysis to come into a realm that's you, where the subject's not me anymore, where it's not about me. I was thinking about the, the son and the prodigal son, and it says he came to his senses. I think I'm just coming to my senses. I think I'm coming to my senses. Rochelle read this quote to me yesterday, which is where I want to land. The sound of ripping is discernible throughout 
says David Garland, of Mark's portrayal of Jesus. Whether it's the heavens or old wineskins, high priestly garments, or the temple curtain, something radical and revolutionary is going on. The word that Jesus brings to the entire world is not a call for religious patch-up job of the existing ways. I think, God, I think that just hit me. I thought, God, I'm so pleased with all that you've done, but some aspects have been a religious patch-up job of existing ways, nor a moralizing try harder and improve your performance. No. I'm going to insert this word, the gospel. It is a call to lay aside our self-determination and open our hearts to receive something so new that it will change us utterly and evermore. As Paul says, the old is gone. The new has come. Jesus is amazing. These dear men and women who got set free would just say to another dear man and woman, and they would say it like this, have you found religion? It's 1939. But what they mean is, have you found Jesus? Or has Jesus found you? Amen. Rochelle led us at the end of the worship with this thought, really. But let me pray over you and invite you to ponder this question. What if... Behind the universe, all of creation, every molecule and detail, what if behind all of it there is a good, kind, benevolent, compassionate, loving and powerful God? What if you took that maybe, that mustard seed of faith and came to him? What if you just admitted that you were powerless? Amen. What if you just admitted Amen. that life is unmanageable without you? Hallelujah. What if you simply just asked for his help? Amen. And then let me add that quote. What if you said, I'm not going to just patch up my life anymore and patch up my existing ways. I'm not interested in moralizing and trying harder to improve my performance. No! It's a call to lay aside our self-determination. To lay aside my pride and self-protection. Me, trying to fix me instead of loving him. I'm really sorry for him, God. Best I knew how to do at the time, but now I see there's a better way. Because God loves us, He doesn't berate us. He doesn't say you've missed it. He just says there's a better way. Amen. He doesn't beat us up for where we were growing and blind. He just opens up our eyes to see. Amen. In Revelation, I meditated on it when Jesus says to the blind and the naked and the poor, 
He doesn't beat him up for being blind and naked and poor. He just says, come here and I'll clothe you. Come here and I'll feed you. Come here and I'll let you see. When people are weary and burdened, Jesus doesn't say why you're weary and burdened for. He just says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Amen. See, I didn't know how to come to him. I was so busy trying to fix it. But he came to me like he said he would. Where he comes to prisoners and captives. And he does what he says he'll do. Amen. So Lord Jesus, we love you. We embrace your goodness and your love. We say we don't have to understand. Amen. We just want to be with you. Mm. We don't have to be good. We just have to be yours. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Thank you for this invitation, mm. this adventure, this kingdom of limitless. The old is gone. The new has come. The old has gone. The new has come. Jesus, you're not asking us to explore the old. You want us to enjoy the new. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. Thank you for who you are. We choose to enjoy you. Mm -hmm.